This episode of the Mac Daddy Seminar is brought to you by Boots Down South. Look, everyone knows I'm from the South, and so are a majority of my listeners. And guess what? It's hot. You don't gotta wear a G-string to stay comfortable and look like a pimp this summer. Look no further than Boots Down South. Boots Down South is a locally owned company looking to make sure that guys and girls alike have a summer that they can enjoy comfortably while looking fly at the same time. Head over to bootsdownsouth.com right now. Go make yourself a drink and I'll be down in two shakes of a lamb's tail. Damn, son, where'd you find this? Whatever, we don't give a fuck. The deal is done, and the cake been baked. They need to come on with a drum or whatever they're gonna do. What's cracking, pimps? Y'all doing all right, man? Yeah, I had a, uh, bit of a crazy past couple of days. Um, as I said before on the previous podcast, Uh, Everything now is legit. I have the podcast up on Spotify, Audible, obviously YouTube videos as well. But now, I am excited to announce that we finally have everything available on iTunes. So, you can check out this podcast on pretty much every platform that is available. Um, Yeah, I spent the last couple of days... Here at the house by myself, um, it's July 16th, and it's only been a couple... I know I keep saying... I say this every single episode, but my wife has been gone for the past couple of days. I've had the house to myself, and I've just been, you know, writing and just chilling here, eating hot dogs because I wasn't smart when I bought groceries and I only have like three things in there to eat and um yeah I just I've just been sitting around and I can't sleep at night because the first night that I was here I stayed up writing and working on this podcast and I pretty much stayed up all night long like when I finally finished editing the episode I looked outside and it was light and I was like okay great got up and I was like okay I guess I'll just take a long I'll take a nap and then you know when I wake up I'll eat something and I'll go to bed that that night you know what I'm saying I'm going scatterbrained here and um I ended up taking like a six hour nap and then I got up and just went about my day and then before you know it I spend you know eight hours just sitting on the couch playing the PlayStation writing and you know working on stuff for the podcast and now it's midnight and I'm not sleepy and I'm like okay I'm gonna go try and lay down now and then I go up there and lay down and I don't know if any of the rest of y'all have this problem I'm only 25 years old but my back feels like I'm 87. It's ridiculous. I am constantly sore. 
And it's like, I don't know what it is. It's like I lay down and my body starts going into rigor mortis or something. Like, I like to lay on my stomach and turn my head to this side when I start out. And I slide my arm down this side right here. And this one I usually, like, keep up like that. And I don't know what it is. I got these two muscles right in between my shoulders. And I'll lay there for a few minutes. And then muscles just start tightening up, boy. And I... If my wife's laying there next to me, sometimes I gotta ask her, like, hey, I need you to rub it because I can't relax. These muscles in my back are tensing up. And, you know, sometimes she says no, and I end up getting frustrated. But I got this roller, I got this blue, uh, like, foam roller, and I use that thing probably 65 times a day and just crack my back. Maybe that's the problem. I don't know. If you know something that will make my back feel better, Hit me up in the inbox because I need to know. Because sometimes it is excruciating. Or maybe I'm, you know, white people age like milk, so maybe that's it. Maybe my body is just failing me. You know? But other than writing, I had a uh, pretty productive weekend, honestly. Um, I watched a lot of movies, and I got asked last minute to go do an open mic here in uh, Biloxi, and uh, it was fun. I had a really good time. Um, it's pretty uh, low scale. I'm not gonna shout the place out because I don't think we were really supposed to be there. It was like it was like a like a secret comedy show. I don't know. It's some new thing they just started doing. It's like the second or third episode. Or not episode, but show that they've actually put on. And, uh, you know, I went to it. I had to take an Uber over there because I don't have, you know, a car. <laughs> and uh, it went well. You know, I just got there, said hey to the guy that invited me, and he put me in the lineup. I went up there. I did five minutes. And uh, it was cool. But uh, I had a big weekend of just productivity and watching movies, man. I sat around and watched all of the movies that my wife doesn't want to watch. I mean, some of them I've seen before. Then I was like, you know what, I've seen a lot of these. Let me watch the stuff that I can't convince my wife to watch. And I like different stuff. So I was just kind of scrolling through uh, Netflix and Hulu and Amazon Prime. Because we don't got cable. We, uh, we canceled our cable because we don't ever watch it. There's nothing ever on that we actually care about watching that we can't get from Netflix or anything like that. We watch YouTube half the time, you know? So we canceled our cable, and uh, I started scrolling through, and I saw this one movie. Um, it's called Punchline. And it was, it was released in, like, the late 80s, like, 1988. It's got Tom Hanks, Sally Field, John Goodman. They're all in it. And um, it's about stand-up comedy. Tom Hanks is a comedian who's been doing it for a while. He's pretty good. He's trying to get discovered, get his big break. Sally Field is a housewife who is just starting in stand-up. She, you know, is funny, and she wants to start doing stand-up. John Goodman plays uh, 
her wife, his, her, her, plays her husband. And, uh, sorry, that Alabama mentality slipped out for a second. But, uh, yeah, it, it was really good. Um, because I feel like they hit a lot of things that, uh, only people that really do stand-up kind of understand. A lot of people are into that, you know? Um, I've had a few people reach out to me, which I'm going to get to this at the end of the episode to go more in-depth with it, but I've had a couple people reach out to me and, like, ask me, like, I guess they're interested in maybe starting comedy and, you know, kind of wanting to know what it's like, and uh, I feel like that movie hit on it really well. Another good uh, series, if you're, you know, interested in that type of thing to watch, is uh, The Marvelous Miss Maisel on Amazon. That is a really good show that uh, really shows kind of the back, like the behind the curtain side of stand-up comedy. And uh, the movie was really good. Um, I watched it like four o'clock in the morning because I couldn't sleep. And it's really good. I'm not going to spoil it for anybody, but uh, there's one scene in the movie where that basically Tom Hanks has been talking with some uh, big wig that's been coming down there, uh, talking about getting him on The Tonight Show with Johnny Carson. And uh, he basically is led to believe that somebody from the network is going to come down there and check him out. So he's all nervous about it and stuff. And then they tell him, like, hey, somebody's here to see you. And he's like, all right, I'm good, I'm good. But he's really nervous. And then he's, like, right there about to go up on stage. And he looks out in the audience, and his dad is sitting there with his brother. Now, his dad is, like, this highly revered doctor. And his brother is a doctor, too. So they've been, like, pushing to send him through medical school. But he don't care about being a doctor because he wants to be a stand-up comedian. So... Uh, he gets up there, and he is super uncomfortable. And he bombs worse than anybody I've ever seen. Like, a lot of people, when they bomb, they don't even know that they're bombing. But when you know, it's even worse. Because now you're uncomfortable because you know that you're losing the crowd, but, uh, this was, like, I cringed so hard when I watched it, I was just like, God, you know, because he, like, he completely had a mental breakdown, he started crying, props to him for, you know, I mean, he was a pretty young actor at the time, and, uh, you know, he, he played it pretty well, so, if you're interested in that type of thing, I would def definitely recommend checking it out. I don't think it's on any of the streaming services. I actually had to rent it uh, on PlayStation. It was like three dollars, three four bucks, and that you get to watch it for 48 hours once you start it. I didn't watch it again. I probably should have, but it's whatever. Um, also, this weekend I created a TikTok account. Now, before anybody says anything and tries to be like, oh, didn't you say that uh, TikTok was lame? Well, it is. 
But I don't know what made me decide to do it. I was just scrolling through the apps and stuff, and I saw it, and I'm like, you know what? I'm going to see what all the hype is about this. It, they started it a while ago. But I got on there, and I'm telling you right now, that is some of the most awkward. Now, some of it is good. Some of it is entertaining. Some of it is good. You know, sometimes there's some people singing on there or something. And I'm like, golly, these people can sing. And then, or they do something really funny or it's really creative. That's cool. That's what it should be used for. But then you have like, 16, 17-year-old guys that are in high school that literally the video is just like some music in the background. Hold on, I'm going to try and make this as... Uh, uh, <laughs> they're basically in the background of the... What you call it? It's got some music playing and they're doing... Literally the definition of being a fuckboy. Like, literally, this is what happens. It's just like this. And of course, an ad is going to play. Whatever. No one cares. This is how the TikTok starts. They're just like this. That's it. That's all they do. And they have 75 million likes on the video. And then you, you're like, that's it? And then you scroll over and you look, that's every single one of their videos. That's all they do. No talent. They just... Or they say something weird. Like, hey, what's that? got that for you. I'm sitting there watching it and I'm like I want to throw my phone against the wall. Like I cannot imagine doing something like that in high school and not being bullied for the remainder of my time in that high school. Like I'm not bragging, but I don't really think I'm an ugly dude. I kind of average looking. So I had to make up for this appearance. I was real gangly looking in high school too. I was like super skinny, had this stupid haircut. I was rail thin and just scary looking. <laughs> so I made up for my appearance by just being funny. And just trying to make people laugh all the time. And that ended up working out, you know? But, uh, I just, I can literally not imagine somebody posting a video like that and it pretty much going viral on TikTok and you not being the laughing stock of the entire school after that. I just don't understand it, man. Now you're just scrolling through and you just, you're like, oh, okay. And it's some cool stuff. Some stuff on there is really funny. 
And then some of it, like I saw one, I posted this to my Instagram story. It was of a girl who's sitting on the couch and then I guess her boyfriend walks up and he has drawn on his hand uh, uh, push push top and it's got uh, that Ed Sharon song some, I can't remember the name of the song but uh, she pushes it and then he sticks his finger out and on his finger it says pull finger so she pulls his finger or no turn over and then it says push on top of his thumb and then he opens up his hand and there's an engagement ring in the palm of his hand. And she's like, oh my God. And then she picks it up and it says marry me on his hand. And she's like, oh my God. And he's like, will you? And she says, yeah. And like starts crying. For a TikTok video. Imagine asking somebody to marry you through a TikTok video. That'd be like me being a doctor and making a TikTok video to let you know that your son has cancer. <laughs> you know, uh, are you, are you Mrs. Smith? Yes, I am. Is everything okay? Well, uh, your test results came back. And, uh, well, I hate to put it so bluntly, miss, but, uh, your son has terminal cancer. You know what I'm saying? God, it made me cringe so hard when I saw that. Jesus Christ. I was like, please somebody tell me that this is not a joke so that I can get some sleep tonight. I don't know, man. There's, like, if that doesn't give you enough information about what's going on in these young people's mind, and those people weren't even young. That was the thing. Those people were, like, probably older than me. And they're out here making TikTok videos about getting engaged. Just sitting on the couch in some shorts. She's sitting there in some Daisy Dukes with a messy bun. Don't got no makeup on. Like, I feel like you gotta be a little bit, you gotta think of something better than that. You know, if you're gonna be romantic, like when I proposed to my wife, when I proposed to my wife, we, uh, it was right around Christmas time. It was like five days before Christmas. And I didn't have any money at the time. I mean, I was broke, broke. And I remember uh, she told me that she wanted to go see this uh, Christmas lights thing that you can drive through in Georgia. And I was like, oh, this would be perfect. This would be the perfect opportunity for me to propose. So... We drive over there, and I, I got the ring, and this is another thing. I spent every dime I had to my name on her engagement ring. 
I pretty much sold my soul to the devil in order to buy this ring. And so I had it in the box and I had it in my pocket. And then we started driving out there, and I'm just super nervous. She was driving. It was her car. And I'm just like, and she's like, why are you acting like that? And this is another thing, too. I know I keep branching off on other stories, but it, this kind of falls into the same category. If you, This is some Matt Daddy seminar advice. Whether or not you choose to take it is up to you, but this is tried and true, okay? If you are thinking about asking your girlfriend to marry you, you need to have that discussion with her before purchasing the ring. Don't try and surprise her. You need to straight up be like, hey, if you haven't had that conversation, you ain't ready to get married. If you've been with a girl for a while and you like her, and y'all, you know, y'all see yourselves taking that next step and actually getting married and maybe starting a family one day. That's beautiful, right? But, but, that you need to have that conversation. Don't go out here and spend $8,000 on an engagement ring and then plan on proposing to, you, to her at some Raptors game or at a college football game and she don't care nothing about being there so she's already in a bad mood and then you drive all the way up there and then during halftime you go down in the middle of the field and ask her to marry you from the 50 yard line and her say no and you get embarrassed because guess what in my world if I ask you to marry me and you say no we're probably not dating anymore. You have that conversation beforehand, and if she's telling you, I'm just, I, I don't think I'm ready for that yet. That's fine. Okay, yeah. Cool. And guess what? No harm, no foul. You didn't spend a bunch of money. You didn't embarrass the shit out of yourself. Is what it is. You keep things going. You just stay boyfriend and girlfriend. Now she knows that you're taking the relationship seriously, but you didn't, you know, you didn't shell out $8,000. So that's something you need to do beforehand. I don't mean to get all serious because this is all about the goofiness, but I see so many people do that. They run out here and they're like, I'm going to ask her to marry me. And I'm like, did you talk to her about it first? No. I. I want it to be a surprise. I'm like, okay, it's going to be a surprise, all right. Sometimes it works out. I'm not saying it always doesn't. Sometimes it's actually better. She's surprised. It's so beautiful. She cries. Whatever. But, if you... I've had a couple of guys tell me, and they're like, no, man. She, she said she wasn't ready yet. And then two weeks later, yeah, she broke up with me. I just got an $8,000 ring. I had, like for me, the ring that I gave my wife was the diamond that my dad gave my mom. And since that was pretty much worth nothing <laughs> after a while, she kept it. And then 
you know, thankfully she was, she gave it to me and I had it placed in the setting that I liked and I gave it to her. You see what I'm saying? Look at y'all out here, man. I'm out here teaching you relationship advice. It's 1.30 in the morning. I'm out here being Dr. Phil. Anyway, what I was trying to get to was, so we went to this uh, lights festival in Georgia, and I'm nervous as hell the whole time. And I, I had set this thing up with them. I called them, and I set up with my tickets. I was like, hey, I want to do a proposal here. And they had this little area for us to um, stop at because we rode in this, like, tram thing through all the Christmas lights. It was really pretty. So I had to pay like $50 a ticket. Mind you, that was money I didn't even really have. I had nothing in my bank account. After buying that ring and buying those tickets, I literally had like $7 to my name. And we... I paid 50 bucks for these tickets, and what was told to me in the package was I was going to get there, and I would get on the thing, and then we would stop in front of this really pretty oak tree with all these lights on it overlooking this, like, big lake. Real, super pretty. And then we would get out like they needed assistance with something, and there would be a professional photographer there to take our picture as I'm proposing. So I'm like, okay, cool. 50 bucks a ticket, $100, that's not that bad. Right? So we get there, we get out of the car, and we walk over to where the line starts to get on the thing. There's like a four-hour wait. So I start telling the people. Now, the whole time, I still want it to be a surprise. She knows that I'm going to ask her eventually. Because I've already told her, I'm like, hey, back to what I was saying before, when we started having that conversation, like, hey, are you, would you want to get married eventually? And then she's kind of like, yeah, I could see us getting married. Be like, okay, look, I'm about to buy a ring. And I need to know. I'm not going to tell you when I'm going to ask you because that's going to be a surprise. But... I don't, I need to know before I spend this money if you're going to say yes. Because if not, we can talk about it, that's fine. But don't make me go out here and spend $8,000 on a ring and then you'd be like, oh, I'm not ready. So anyway, dude, this story has been doing like this. I'm sorry. Anyway, we go up there and I just say like, hey, uh, I'm going to go over here and talk to the people and ask them about our tickets. I'm nervous, but I'm trying to keep it, like, low profile so she doesn't know what's happening. Well, I go over there and I tell them, like, hey, I'm here. I'm about to do a proposal. I got my ring in my pocket, and I need to know what I need to do. She was like, oh, okay. Um, right this way, sir. So I go get her, and then we walk over to where the, uh, the line is, and she opens up the little, the thing, and we walk right in. Passing everybody. 
I'm talking about we passed like four hours worth of wait time walking past everyone. And every little checkpoint that we get to, they're like radioing to each other like, yep, they're here. So I'm just like, this ain't a whole lot of a secret, but my wife's just, you know, she, I, she maybe she did know what was going on. She's, she told me later that she kind of had an idea, but she said she honestly didn't know, which blows my mind even to this day. But anyway, we get going to the front of the line, and people are, like, stopping us and asking us, like, how old are y'all? And I'm like, oh, we're 20. And they're like, oh. Like, they disapprove. And I'm like, dude, I'm trying to keep a low profile here. So, as we're getting on the tram, the lady that escorted us to the front of the line asks the people sitting next to us, right in front of my wife, hey, can you take their picture for them? They're doing a photo op. And I'm like, I paid $50 to basically get this thing to stop and have some random woman next to me get off and take our picture. When I was told I was going to get a professional photographer. and I, So I'm a little bit mad. Right? And I'm sitting there. And I'm just, I'm a little bit mad. I'm really, really nervous. And my wife is next to me. She's like, are you not having a good time? What's wrong? And I'm just like, hey, it's nothing. I just, I, it's people. You know? But all in all, it ended up being really, really nice. It was still pretty. And she really enjoyed it. So, and we're still married to this day, and we have a beautiful three-year-old little girl. So, I guess it worked out. God, that was the longest story. I did not plan on going off on a tangent like that, about getting married and being proposed and all that. But look, hey, you know what? That's what the Mac Daddy Seminar is about, okay? We're just... We're just having a conversation. I don't know why I said that, like I'm from New Jersey or some shit, but... Then you dive into the mind of Mencia over here. Talk about a stupid fucking show. I saw that was on uh, Hulu, I think it was, something. And I was like, oh my god. I used to watch that when I was a kid. I used to watch all the comedy specials and stuff like that. I think I did. I, I don't know if I talked about this in the last podcast. I can't remember. I've talked to myself so much this past weekend. I'm losing my mind. It's been so quiet here in the house. I've been just trying to do something to make some sense. This is the quietest the house has been in four days. Because I can't have a bunch of stuff running while I'm doing this or you wouldn't be able to hear me. So, uh, I watched a couple of other movies. And I tried watching this movie called Legend that's got Tom Hardy in it. And he's like, 
these two. It's about him. He plays two characters. He plays this set of twins, and uh, they're both English. And I guess it's like a gangster movie. I couldn't. I watched maybe four minutes of that because I couldn't understand anything anybody was saying. Now maybe that's a flaw on my part, and I get that. However. I'm sitting there trying to watch them. They're like, "Yeah, bro, yep, sounds pretty good, mate. It's gonna better be a bit." Doll, see? Give them that tongue, mate. That's the whole move. Like, I was like, I almost put on subtitles so that I could just understand what was being said. And I'm like, I'm not gonna read instead of watching the movie. I'm sure it was good. Maybe I'll do it. Maybe I'll try it again, but I'll do it with subtitles. But if I can't understand what people are saying, hang it up, dude. I watched, uh... Oh! This is what I really wanted to talk about. I watched a movie this weekend that I saw previews for it before it came out. Now... Anybody that knows me knows that I like things that are unique. I don't like watching Fast and the Furious 87. I don't like watching... I, like, I, I liked the first Transformers movie, and then after that I was like, okay. I don't like all these Disney live-action remakes. It's not original. I want to see something I haven't seen before. You know? So, I remember seeing an advertisement for this movie called The Man Who Killed Hitler and Then Bigfoot. That is the actual name of this movie. It's got Sam Elliott in it, who... I, I like Sam Elliott. I like all of his movies. He's good in just about everything he's in. He's kind of like a Clint Eastwood, you know? Super good actor. But, uh, the movie was... I, I can't even put this into words. I'm just going to Okay, so this is what it's about. There's a man... Who kills Hitler, and then he kills Bigfoot. That's pretty much the entire premise of the movie. This is what it is. He's, when he's younger, he is, you know, in World War II, and he's like a spy, he goes behind enemy lines, and he starts acting like he's a Nazi in Germany. And he does that for like... I'm going to be honest with you, the first half of the movie I really wasn't paying attention to because I was working on stuff for my podcast. I just kind of put something on in the background because I don't like it being silent all the time. And I was I was sitting there and I'd look up every once in a while, you know, while I'm typing up something. And uh, it was really hard to follow. But basically what I got from the first half of the movie is he goes behind enemy lines and Hitler, obviously, is ruling Germany. And then he gets kind of close to where Hitler is. He figures out where he is, and he walks in his office and shoots him. But that's it. After that happens, he gets a flight back to the U.S. He 
gets out of the army or whatever he's in. Maybe it's the Marine Corps. I don't know. And he basically just is just starts getting older. You know? And there's a couple little side stories about these long lost loves that he's had and all that. Get out of here. Nobody cares about that. I don't, I don't want to see you write a letter, dude. My sweet Shirlene, it has been four months since I have seen your beautiful golden hair and blue eyes. Like, come on, dude. But where the story picks up is, so he killed Hitler, okay? That's pretty cool. The government covered it up, made it look like he killed himself, and they just went on their merry way. Okay, whatever. Well, then, uh, and another thing, look, I like Sam Elliott. He's like 74 years old. He is like a pawpaw. He's probably, I'm going to look that up. But he's definitely like a, a pawpaw type of guy, you know? Sam Elliott grandkids. Well, that's great. Okay. It just erased everything I just typed in. And... Just typed in kids. He has a daughter named Cleo Rose Elliott. In this picture she has pink hair. Anyway, yeah, I like I like Sam Elliott, man. He's cool. It doesn't say anything about him having grandkids. Either way, he just he looks like somebody who is somebody's pawpaw, somebody's grandpa. Okay, and he's such a badass in this movie. He's always been a badass. He's been a bad motherfucker in every movie he's ever been in. I don't remember watching any movie that had Sam Elliott in it and it's like, oh, he's a pussy. No. Never has happened. Probably never will. <laughs> to be honest with you, I don't know any grandpa type of figure that people would be like, oh, he's a bitch. If your grandpa is a bitch, send me some type of credentials to my inbox. And I guarantee you, I'm going to look on here next week and there's going to be zero. Because nobody's grandpa is a bitch. That's... Nobody just has... Like, yeah, Papa might be sweet and love them grandkids. You know, play the harmonica. Eat honeysuckles and like take you on a ride on his tractor and stuff like that. Okay, all that's cool. But if it gets down to it, Papa will fuck you up. You know? Because all the Pawpaws now are like Vietnam veterans and stuff. So where the story picks up is, uh, so he's just been being an old man for years, right? 
sitting at the house, going fishing, going to get his hair cut. Old man shit, you know. And some people try to mug him one night, and he fights them, beats the shit out of all of them. 74-year-old man beats the shit out of, like, three armed individuals. And uh, he's at his house one night, he's chilling with his dog. And then he gets a knock on his door, and it's the guy from Office Space. I don't know what his name is. And uh, he basically comes in with this French dude, and they sit down on the couch, and he's like, can I, uh, can I interest you in a cup of coffee? And they're like, we already ate. And he's like, well, I asked you if you wanted coffee. Uh, that was weird. I was just like, what? And then they sit down, and they're just like, all right, so here's the play. We need you to kill Bigfoot. And then he's just looking at him like, just like an old man. Big, bushy-ass, white mustache, you know? So, but I guess, I mean, if you killed Hitler, nothing is too much for you to comprehend, you know? They're like, we need you to kill Bigfoot. He's like, why? I'm like, okay, Bigfoot has been running around in the woods, and he's got, like, these super aids, these super Bigfoot aids that he's killing everything around with. I don't think he's fucking animals. I'm pretty sure he's not, but it, he's, there's, like, a virus that he's giving out to all these other animals, okay? And it's killing deer, and I think he killed a, just, like, a few people. And uh, for some reason, it hasn't been passed to birds. But he's carrying a virus. So they need Sam Elliott to go kill Bigfoot to stop this virus. Because they said, okay, it's about to be wintertime. This motherfucker's going to head down south into the U.S. and we're going to start an epidemic. He might, he might kill everybody, right? So he... uh. He uh, goes into um, he go he so he's just like I'm not gonna do it. I'm sorry. I keep I'm losing my train of thought and I keep pausing. I'm sorry because I'm trying to work the the laptop now while I'm doing the podcast. I know it's something new, but I'm trying to add an extra element to it because I'm trying to make it fancy. You know what I'm saying? And. Uh, he gets on, that he's like, I'm not going to do it. I don't work for y'all anymore. Get out. So they leave. And then he goes and talks to his brother. And his brother is like, look, you should probably do it since... Which did... They, he was like, well, how come they ask you to do it? You're a 74-year-old man. He's like, my blood type is compatible. I can't catch the virus. I'm immune. And they're like, they don't have anybody else that's immune? He's like, nope. Just women and children and me. So, his brother's like, well, you probably should do this because you're the one who, you know, has the most training out of everybody that was just named off. So, next scene, it's him riding in a helicopter to this, like, quarantine zone, this big bubble tent. And he goes, and he gets in it, and they're, like, doing a physical on him and shit like that, and, like, giving him a shot or something. 
and they're which doesn't make sense because if you're going to do something like that, they're not going to do your physical after they've already flown you up there. They're going to do it before you even get on the plane. You know? But, whatever. At this point, I mean, the movie's about somebody killing fucking Bigfoot, so let's not worry about, like, things being accurate. You know what I'm saying? But, uh, he gets up there, and they're like, alright, well, this is your arsenal. You can use whatever you'd like. There's... AR-15s, uh, like heavy-duty assault rifles, shit, shotguns, rocket launchers, harpoons, everything you can imagine. And he's like, I want that rifle, that pistol, and that knife. That's it. And it's like an old World War II rifle. It takes forever to reload. So he's all done up. He's cool and shit. He's got his green jacket on. He looks like Rambo. And he goes to the wood line, which... How they're containing him is they're burning a big-ass 50-mile radius circle around the woods in Canada where he is. And they're like, look, we're going to give you 96 hours to kill this fucking Bigfoot. And if you can't pull it off, we're going to drop a goddamn nuke and kill everything that's in the 50-mile radius. So you better hurry up and kill it. So he's like, all right. And then he walks into the wood line. And it was that part was really cool because the, the flames lit up the woods and stuff. There's helicopters flying over. The shit looked cool. The very next scene is him sitting on a rock looking through the scope of his rifle and he shoots Bigfoot in the fucking head. Just, and you don't really see it. You're just kind of like, what was that? Was that it? And then he runs down there to go get it, and it ain't there anymore. So he has to track it. And he tracks this Bigfoot for like three days. And they radio him in, and they're like, hey, did you get it? He's like, well, I shot him. And they're like, well, did you kill it? And he's like, no. And they're like, where did you shoot him? He's like, in the head. And they're like, all right, well, try harder. And he's like, all right. So then he walks a little bit farther and he finds the Bigfoot laying there on this rock. And this is the first time you actually get a good look at Bigfoot, okay? And he's laying there on this rock and you get a good look at him and it's a dude in a fucking gorilla suit. Just laying there. Now you would think with a movie where they have all these helicopters flying around and, you know, all these big name characters, the least they could have done is CGI a big ass Bigfoot. Because to me, Bigfoot ain't as tall as I am. I'm not that tall. I'm like 5'10". If I went out in the woods and saw something hairy that looked that was my height, I'd be like, fuck that thing. Not going to fuck it, but you know what I'm trying to say. Like, I ain't worried about that. But if it was like eight feet tall, if it was like the... They could have gotten the guy that's the mountain on Game of Thrones and put him in a big-ass gorilla costume, and it would have been more convincing than this. The dude... 
The Bigfoot is literally the same size as Sam Elliott. What it reminded me of was that monkey on that episode of Spongebob. You know, I don't know, I don't remember what happened or what led up to it, but there's this fucking gorilla, and it's like a cheap-ass gorilla costume that somebody's wearing on Spongebob, and he, like, tears Spongebob in half, or maybe it's Patrick. I can't remember, but you know what I'm saying? It looked like if that costume cost $100, $200 more. That's what the Bigfoot in this huge, huge Universal Studios, I'm not sure if that's for real what it was, production. I'm like, okay, this is dumb. But he shot Bigfoot, and it fell out from its wounds and all, and he goes up, and he starts crying and shit. Because he feels bad about killing this creature. Well, he's like, I'm not going to let him get your body. So he starts putting sticks around it. And he's about to burn it. And he lights a match on them sticks. And it starts to flame up. And that gorilla, <laughs> that Bigfoot jumps up and beats his ass. Now, this is where it kind of got my attention again. I was about to cut it off, but that gorilla jumped up and went ape shit on him. Like, they're, you know, fist fighting for a second. And he shot the gorilla again, and then the gorilla goes up and grabs his arm and does it like that. Breaks his arm, like a bad break. And then the gorilla jumps on top of him and is strangling him. This 74-year-old Sam Elliott slamming his head into the ground. And he leans down and bites his ear off and goes, <laughs> spits his ear out on the dirt. And Sam Elliott reaches down in his pocket and pulls his knife out and starts stabbing Bigfoot in the side. And he's all like, <laughs> you know. <laughs> he's getting stabbed in the ribs. He pukes all over Sam Elliott. And, uh,. He, he, like, crawls off, and then Sam Elliott was like, I didn't want it to come to this, and shoots it. That's all I'm going to tell you for the movie. I'm not going to... I, I kind of spoiled it for you, but at the same time, I didn't, because it wasn't, like, something really worth that much of your time. You know my mom thinks that Bigfoot is real? Straight up. She watches this show called Finding Bigfoot all the time. And anytime I go see her, she's like, I'm like, hey, do you want to go do this tonight? She's like, I can't. I'm watching Finding Bigfoot. I used to watch it with her sometimes when I was a kid. And it's an ad! I think I'm about to update my... What's it called? Yeah. This is only something that white people would do. What we need to do is go down to the lake down here. So now it's just a matter of drawing the pension once we get to the lake? Yeah, I have something here that might do the job. And what is that? It's called a Zafoon. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's a what? <laughs> it 
it's a Zephoon. Okay, first off, um, basically there's like six white people standing in the middle of a field, and they all have on these like contraptions and stuff. I guess this is pretty old because you know GoPros are a lot easier to set up, but they have these like crane-looking things coming out of their backpacks and leaning around looking at them. Everybody's got like 12 cameras on their body. And they're standing in the woods and they're like, okay, we're out here. We're trying to find fucking Bigfoot. And uh, what we need to do is we need to make some noise. And the guy is literally like, well, I have something that may help with that. And they're like, and what's that? A zafoon. And it's a fucking flute. <laughs> <laughs> Listen to this. Even the people that are there looking for Bigfoot are like, what the fuck? Oh my god. Imagine having a spot where you're looking for Bigfoot. This dude is walking playing this flute like he's in the fucking Revolutionary War behind these guys walking through the woods in the middle of the night looking for a fucking Sasquatch. <laughs> Cliff, Bobo, and Kyle are their names. Now he's just screaming. Another one that says how to sound like Bigfoot. Let's see what this one is about. What kind of sounds do Sasquatches make? Let me turn this I hope y'all can hear this. I, this is all new to me. He is so fucking smart. Dude, show me a picture of a Sasquatch. You instantly win a Nobel Prize. <laughs> oh, fuck. I can't watch this shit anymore. I'm going to wake my fucking neighbors up. Jesus Christ, man. That is an actual show. 
on the animal planet. People are watching that for entertainment purposes. Jesus Christ. My God. What is wrong with people? Imagine getting paid full time to be on a show where you, like, make people believe that fucking Bigfoot is real. You know? <clears throat> man, oh man. Yeah, I wanted to uh, bring up something that came up in one of my comments for one of my earlier videos. Um, like I've said before, I appreciate everybody that listens to this podcast. I'm trying to make it grow. And by you giving input and you showing that you're interested and sharing it on Facebook and sharing it on Instagram, stuff like that, that is helping it out. So I appreciate that. Um, so a guy commented to me on YouTube, and I'm just going to say his YouTube name because I don't know his actual name. But he says, this is BamaGuy98, so he's from Alabama. Hey, I remember seeing you at the Stardome. In fact, I was in the crowd that night when you won the open mic. Around that time, I was trying my hand to stand up too, at the Stardome. I think it's cool that you're still doing it and going to move to California to pursue a comedy career. I always dream of moving to New York and California and giving it a try. I think it would be cool if you did a vlog of the comedy scene out there. I'm a big fan of stand-up and like and kind, like the kind of behind-the-scenes stuff that of what makes a comedian tick. Well, anyway, I wish you all the luck and look forward to future videos. I appreciate it. Thank you very much. And I like that he actually uh, brought that up because I was actually considering making a like a video series of kind of what goes on at open mics and different shows. So, uh, look for that in the coming weeks, I guess. Because I want to do one that's just based around... Because there's not many open mics here. And I kind of want to show how that is. All the, you know, you got to drive an hour to go do five minutes. And you don't get paid for this. This is just to work out jokes. If you're lucky, you might get asked to, you know, do like a little small show and they might give you 50 bucks, but, you know, you don't care because you like doing it that much. If you are in, if you're listening to this podcast and you are into stand-up and you're thinking about doing it and you're all, all you're thinking about is making Kevin Hart money, you need to reevaluate yourself because that ain't what it's about. This is for people that truly adore making others laugh. I don't care about money. Now, that is a side effect of being good at stand-up. I'm not saying I'll turn down a check, but that's not the reason why I will get in the car on a Monday night leave my family 
and go to a comedy show because I love doing it. So when I see that type of stuff, it, it you know it makes me feel good, and I really appreciate it, man. Thanks a lot. Um, but yeah, as he said, I plan on doing um, I plan on doing a like little mini video series. So just stay on the lookout for it. I'm gonna do one about stand up here in uh, Mississippi, really just the South in general and how like spread out hard it is to go to these open mics and stuff like that. So be on the lookout for that. Um, here pretty soon, I'm gonna be doing a couple of more dates. Uh, if you're interested in going, if you're close, because I mean, it's not like a nationwide tour or anything like that. It's mostly gonna be just open mics. But if you're interested in going, you know, I'll let everybody know the dates of where I'll be, so. There's that. <clears throat> also, um, if you know me personally, I'm looking for guests to be on the podcast. So, you know, if you like this and you listen and you kind of get an idea of how it goes, I'm just going straight off the top of the dome with a lot of this stuff. So it's not like really organized by any means. But like I said, um, just hit me up. Hit me up in my inbox. You can hit me up on Instagram. Hit me up on Twitter. Hit me up on Facebook. You know, comment under one of these videos, and then you know we'll we'll hash it out or whatever. So, yeah, I think that just about does it. Um, look for me on Instagram. My username is at t a y l o r d u n n underscore underscore underscore. Same thing for Twitter. And my YouTube channel is Taylor Dunn Comedy. I appreciate everybody for listening. We have another hour-long episode, so this may be the format from now on. I don't know. We may just start doing hour-long episodes from now on. But uh, once again, I really appreciate it. And this time, I swear, I will see you guys next week. This episode of the Mac Daddy Seminar is brought to you by Boots Down South. Look, everyone knows I'm from the South, and so are a majority of my listeners. And guess what? It's hot. You don't gotta wear a G-string to stay comfortable and look like a pimp this summer. Look no further than Boots Down South. Boots Down South is a locally owned company looking to make sure that guys and girls alike have a summer that they can enjoy comfortably while looking fly at the same time. Head over to bootsdownsouth.com right now.